0: This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Pangerang people and the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and that modern Australian nation has never come to terms with what was done to Indigenous people following colonisation.
1: Well, may we say God save the Queen because nothing will save the Governor-General. You know I've searched my heart to better ways to push and pull. Hey, whatever gets you through these days.
0: Hello and welcome to Well May We Say, a progressive podcast about Australian politics. This is episode 149 Although, if you, if you count, count the number of weeks since the last episode on, apparently, September 12th, uh, I think we're up at about 100, 156, 160.
1: No, you, you have to have done the episode to include <laughs> it as a fucking episode. Can't we just
0: count each intervening week and just be like, no. you can't? <laughs> you actually got to do the work? God damn it. Well then right. I guess it's episode one hundred and forty nine for Friday, tenth of december, two thousand and twenty one. I'm Jeremy Sierpico, and each week I'll be joined by a different guest host to help me discuss what's just been happening to the country, what's likely to happen and hopefully what we can do about it. Tonight's guest host is a returning guest host, a beloved bet guest host, Tom Ballard. Welcome back, Tom.
1: Jeremy, hello, beloved. I'm beloved. Um, not it's a pleasure it. to be back. I'm sorry it's been so long. Yes, no
0: thanks. Thanks very much. How are you? Uh, I mean, it's not like I can criticize you for it being too long. When when you know it's my own podcast, and I still haven't done it for three months. <laughs> In my defence, insert excellent defence here. All right, so let's <laughs> no no look. Well handled. well handled. Look, it's smooth. We've already we've already skated through. It. I don't think anybody's going to even notice. Anyway, um, no look, there, there's a bunch of been a bunch of horrific live things, but now. They are almost sorted. So now as we come into the period of the year, the political year, where literally nothing happens over the summer holidays, I'm now raring to go.
1: <laughs> we're doing, on my little podcast, uh, we're we're banking a couple for, I think they're going to come out on Boxing Day and January the 2nd. So like, fuck that. Oh my goodness. Who, who cares about any events that are happening at that point? So we'll bank a few and um, dribble them out over the little
0: uh, little Christmas break. You never know. The country could burn down again. Yeah, There could be stuff happening. That is true. Fingers crossed. That'll make for great content. People look always look at the downsides of horrific bushfires that cause widespread damage and loss of life, but they don't look at the plus side in the sense that a) it gives us something to talk about, and b) it gives us a reason to be really pissed off when you know our incompetent leaders nick off overseas and don't do you know their job over because it's it's their holiday time and they shouldn't have to be dealing with stuff over you know national stuff just because they're still the national leader. They should. They, you clock out, as I understand it. Being prime minister is you finish it like I don't know midday on 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 uh, Thursday the what twenty third or whatever it is. Yeah, you you, you 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 have your office party. You clock out. You put the out of office in on your on your email, and then you then off you go. And you know the country can run itself for a couple of weeks. It's fine.
1: <laughs> That's how unless it works. Catches on fire, then yeah, you should probably probably look back. I reckon you could probably come. What's well, not going
0: to do that home. twice in two years? <laughs> oh. That's the thing. I, I, I'm aware of a thing called climate change that, that might actually mean that it might catch on fire more. Than that. Has, has anything, Tom, happened in relation to... I, 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 we had COP26 between the last podcast and now. Mm-hmm. We also had you know, some babies were born, grew up into adulthood. But in the meantime, we also had uh, a, a global conference in which uh, I think they agreed to Piss Week um, targets that will lead us still into the we're completely stuffed no, zone. No,
1: no. They de- they said that they'll decide on the Piss Week targets in a year's <laughs> time. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Okay, <laughs> oh, get it right. That's
0: right. Sorry. We're a year off from them deciding to- on the Piss Week targets that don't lead us. Yeah. But at least at least in Australia, so we've got Scamo's net zero by 2050, meaning let's not talk about 2030 where it actually matters and let's deal with the, we'll keep, what was the graph in the Juice Media one where basically, even if we hit net zero at 2050, there's doing it like in a, um, I don't know, a graph, I'm this is audio so you, nobody can see me doing this, but like a, a graph that's like descending, I don't know, like, like a sea that's leaning casually back on its side, <laughs> or you can do it the other way where we do nothing until the last minute and the difference in volume of emissions in that period is like three times as much.
1: Yes, it's like cumulative. You can't just sort of, yeah, you know, try and get all your homework in the night before and hope that that'll avoid climate catastrophe. That's obviously not how technology will roll out anyway and how the rest of the world will be acting. It's, it's fucking bullshit, yes. But finally, Morrison government settled in 2050. They had to do that in order to go to a COP and look anybody in the eye. They went to COP26 where they had a range of stalls that were sponsored by massive gas corporations, which is all very normal and very cool. Come back from that. Labour was holding off on announcing their climate policy until after COP26, mm. and um, and then they blessed us with that in the last week. We found out exactly what the Labour Party's plans are.
0: How much short of? So, what does the Climate Council say we need?
1: The Climate Council says that we need to reduce emissions by seventy five percent on two thousand and five levels by twenty thirty. Now, just keep in mind, at the twenty nineteen election, Labour went to that election with a policy of reducing them by forty five percent. Okay, they did not win that election. Since then, we've had the Black Summer bushfires. We've had COP26. We've had a growing awareness and concern over the climate crisis. Uh, opinion polls show overwhelmingly Australians want serious climate action. We want it really quickly. And
0: the, So there's uh, cover uh, for Labor to go further this time. Totally. Labor understands that it should. It, it, Absolutely. It, 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 it's more urgent. There's more political support for it.
1: It's the right thing to do. It's the moral, morally correct thing to do if you want to actually sustain life on this planet.
0: Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Wait a minute. Wait, the morally (laughs) right thing to do? Uh Uh-oh. I think I know where this is going. I know where this is going, shit.
1: They announced their target, their non-negotiable target that they will not budge on... Oh, okay. ...is a reduction of 43% of emissions by 2030. Now, just keep in mind that the Business Council of Australia, which is staffed entirely by demon lizards from the nether realm who want every child to die if it'll increase their bottom line... Their target, their proposed target for 2030 was a reduction of by 50%. So the Labor Party is now to the right of the BCA when it comes to the, the matter of climate change.
0: Hang on, hang on. The, the nether lizards are well known as, as hippie commies who, um, <laughs> yes, sure, they want, they want to power, power the country by, you know, with the tears of, of the young. Yes. But on the other hand, they're willing to agree to slightly stronger um, climate targets that are still 20% or 25% short of what's needed. So, you know. Hippies.
1: Hippies. Now, you know, we mock this target as, as a joke, Jeremy, but we're political naiveties. We're little babies who don't understand how real politics work. Because mm. Labor is very smart in, in announcing this target because it's, it'll counteract the scare campaign that will be run... Your children
0: Ignore it Ignore it He's coming He's like is, There is a reason why it's been three months since the last episode Anyway There's, there's a pile of Lego that's just been spread out on the floor Let, let us, let us no, move I on.
1: think it's really nice As we have a discussion about climate change And how we're not doing enough to, to secure a decent future Just in the background We have the sounds of a small child Who's going to have to deal with all this shit eventually <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I, I, I prefer to expose him to bad language and violence than, um, you know... Actual knowing how, how completely the, doomed he is. About yeah. the Australian Labor Party. D- Daddy's talking about grown up stuff. Don't pay any attention to any of this. <laughs> Pretend can't. that you can't hear anything. Mm. Anyway. Okay. Mm.
1: But this is going to counteract the scare campaign. So by reducing their emissions target by um, 2%, that's going to mm. um, minimise and blunt any possible scare attack that the Conservatives or the right-wing media will make on the Labour Party. That, that was the plan. As, yeah. as soon as it was announced, immediately, what do you know, Scott Morrison starts running a scare campaign saying that in order to get this target, they would have to negotiate with the Greens. 43% is way too high. It's going to destroy the economy. Bingo, bango. What do you know? Their political enemies started making political attacks about their political positions.
0: who to have thunk Wait a it? minute. Wait a minute, Tom. Are you suggesting that perhaps a more successful real politic um, approach to politics might, might be... The one that, the, that, in fact, is employed successfully by conservatives, which is you push what you want and you persuade people uh, along those lines. Yeah. By advocating for what you want, you bring people with you, whereas conceding to your opponents, which they never do, mm. um, simply reinforces your opponent's lines and helps them beat you up for any way in which you are in any way different from them. So you get the worst of both worlds.
1: I reckon that's. I think you're onto something. Yes, no, it's incredible. You, yeah, you both, you both have a shit ambition target, yeah. and you're probably not going to win as well. It's a beautiful combination that they've landed it's, on. It, look,
0: I'm not the brain geniuses of the ALP, and, and just because what they keep doing no, no, keeps sure. failing, it, it, like, it, and, like their justification for not actually it's... advocating for what they say they believe, which you know they don't because they're, they're just like anyway. But but say they believed in this stuff, and they're just like, you got to. I love I love ALP stands. Just let us get into government, and we will do the stuff. Yes. Because it's oh, I'm, I'm gonna go with an old timey reference that is before my time, but uh, it's Lucy and the fucking football. yes. <laughs> it's like they're standing there it's Charlie Brown. it's they say they there like this time it, you know are, are we dumb are the lefties dumb enough to buy it this time? We literally never do this. no we get into government. we never do the stuff that we said the, 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 that we took out of our platform. no we never do the lefty stuff but we, but we're like maybe this time maybe this time we won't whisk the lefty stuff football away and we might do it.
1: I think it's even harder than normal to hold that position because Chris Bowen just straight out said, he was asked, point blank, would you negotiate, is that 43% percent mid emissions of target in any way negotiable? He said, no, flat out, no, we're not going any higher. To the point where it seems, the impression you get, and obviously so much of this is drowning in bullshit, obviously Labour would do a, a deal with the Greens in order to form government, but you know the the idea they're trying to paint is that if it came down to it, they would rather junk their all their climate policies if they don't get the support of the Greens rather than get anything done. So now it's like, hang on, who's making the perfect being the enemy of the good again? Who's actually failing to compromise? Yeah. Who is actually putting stuff out there and saying it's my way, or the highway, we refuse to do politics unless we get exactly what we
0: want? It's very interesting. Hang on, hang on. They've had 10 years of of saying that that was the Greens in relation to them doing exactly the same thing. Like, they literally... The whole thing that they go about the ETS in 2009 is the Greens, they made the perfect be the enemy of the good. You dickheads wouldn't talk to them. You wouldn't compromise. You're the ones who wouldn't... Who like, no, we will not negotiate. And their attack on the Greens is they wouldn't negotiate they would they tried you wouldn't you're like it's 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 and I guess they figure that they'll just do it again because of course the other thing to remember about the great political geniuses that they are is that the the thing that the liberals hanged Julia Gillard on was that before the election she said I'm not going I won't be introducing that that great that green's policy I won't work with the greens she there the, the, we know carbon tax was them trying to say we won't work with the greens and then when they had to yes. because we voters actually get to decide the makeup of parliament. Yes. Well, we don't because of single member electorates, but you know, broadly, we voters have some say. And then they had they worked with us and then, wow, look, the dumb thing they said before the election, ruling out working with the Greens, came back to bite them on the arse. Yes. And that was so successful that why don't they do it again? Every election, because who do they think is persuading? The, the people who hate the Greens and think that Labor's going to work with them still think Labor will work with them. They don't believe Labor when they say it. Yes, the people like us who are going to vote for the Greens, I just that makes us even less likely to, or more hostile to Labor, yes. because we're going to be like, well, you fuckers aren't going to work. Like, you're not progressive at all. It, in fact, alienates progressive people from Labor. It overall reduces the progressive vote because people who people will be like, well. They can't work together, and climate. If, if even Labor doesn't think climate change is a real thing, well, then how can it be? Like, it it just harms them politically. Mm. The only thing that makes sense is that they literally hate the Greens more than anything else. <laughs> that fighting with the, the Tories is that's the honourable fight that they that they want to be involved. Do in. Do they actually fucking want that? I think they find they think the
1: liberals. They definitely think the liberals are more reasonable than the Greens. I would, say, I would say that the, the heart of a bunch of people on the Labour right would say that, you know, Liberal liberal moderates, let's say, are far more reasonable and in tune with uh, mainstream Australia or have a better vision, have a more decent and understandable and reasonable and politically possible vision for the Australian future than members of the Greens, hands down. that?
0: It's Thomas, darling. It's Thomas. Hello. It is Thomas. It's exactly the same Thomas it was previously. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I actually, it almost feels like that the Liberals have been so successful in screaming at the Labor Party what, what what mainstream Australia wants that it hasn't persuaded us on the left, but it has persuaded the ALP. And the ALP are like, <laughs> don't shout at us anymore. Okay, you're right. We'll try. We, we just believe what you've said about what mainstream Australia wants. Ignore the, ignore the polling. No, it is Thomas. It's literally the same. That is Thomas. He's he, a small blue engine. It's Thomas. It's me.
1: Do you need a moment to, to, to sort stuff out?
0: No, no. You see, trying to, trying to keep this podcast professional and without children noises in the background is why it's taken three months to record an episode. And I finally got, you know what? No, that one isn't Thomas. Look, it doesn't have a face on the end. It's just a train. If it was Thomas, it would have a train. A, a, a weird, creepy face. I, the, how, how those engines live in that dystopian nightmare of Sodor, I don't know. It's just, they brick engines up in tunnels if they're a bit cheeky. Like, Evil. talk about anti-worker shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, I agree with you. The thing that gets me is that, that it's just the the brain of, of these ALP, I don't know, strategists or whatever, like their strategy of just constantly ceding granted liberals doesn't work. It hasn't won them government. So if it won them government and then they didn't do anything with it, then at least they'd have an argument of, but it got us uh, into government and we're not as bad as the libs. That would be a shit argument, and and um, I think representative democracy should or rec- representative government should do better than that. But at least there would be some rationale behind it, and that is that is sure. the fiction that they appear to believe that if they keep selling out, then then they will buy the the you know realistic you know heroic. Willingness to compromise and and, and you know compromise their, the 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 which they see as a virtuous thing that they that they're the, they're the grown ups by being those grown ups, they would be rewarded with government and then they could be the better grown up government. That's in their heads, mm. but it never works. <laughs> it it doesn't work, and it doesn't and and you can see that it doesn't work because the conservatives don't do that. The conservatives don't go well. Let's be grown ups and work with the ALP. Mm. No. They've been successful by doing exactly the opposite and simply going screaming and screaming, and moving the Overton window to their side until eventually, um, you know, what what would have been a bizarre right wing policy seems almost moderate by the virtue of where they've moved the public debate. Yeah, and the, the only way to counter that is to do it in reverse. And the ALP, they have this fantasy. It's it's the way it's West Wing brain. This you, you is the that that um sure. the Dave Anthony West Wing podcast. Yeah, yeah, like. It's, it's it's classic West Wing brain that, that like, if, if only they have a, a, a civil discussion and a civil debate, then they'll get government and do better government. And, and and that, that A, doesn't happen in the real world, and it's a fantasy. And, B, even if it did, even in the West Wing fantasy, they're still just constantly going backwards because whilst they win government, according in that the, thesis, in that fantasy, by not doing anything about, you know, climate change, for example, but you know, also... Um, social welfare and public, like every everything in their countries gets worse, um, and and you know in terms of climate change, we're all we're all fucked anyway. So like it's even if you got even if it works, it wouldn't be it won't work for long, and then but it doesn't even work in the first place. And they it's only it only bizarre. works
1: one way, right? So you know, folding on the tax cuts, for example. Now their argument is, well, we need to, we need to neutralize that issue so that the right can't run an attack campaign on, on labour wanting a higher taxes on the rich. Right, which some would have thought yeah. is the whole fucking point of the Social Democratic Party, but whatever. have you.
0: But No, no, the- no, 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 no. Us normal people should pay more taxes than the rich. Don't you tax the yes, rich. Of course, that makes sense.
1: But they, they don't acknowledge that there's any political cost towards their political base or people on the general broader left mm. looking at that decision and saying, What do you stand for? You you you've given up whatever you're supposed to be as the Labour Party if you say, Yeah, tax rich C- tax cuts which you yourself campaigned against and which you admitted admitted will worsen inequality in this country. You've folded on that and you don't see there's any political cost to that whatsoever so that it, then you get into government if even if you do win and then you pass those tax cuts and wealth inequality gets worse under a labor government and you're like oh well, well just, yeah i guess that's just how it worked it's
0: even more than that they support the liberals give it, the conservatives giving a sugar hit to their base right which is all all, all positive for the libs and not for labor like no, nobody on the on the Lib, in the lib's base is going to vote labor because they gave those tax cuts mm. like that's one they they just it's just giving a sugar hit for the libs and then The medicine to pay for it, being that services then get cut, Labor, even if Labor wins government, they get to do all the service cuts. Good work. You suddenly don't have the money, and they either hit you for being um, economically irresponsible, or they get you to go and do their dirty work of starving the poor and destroying universities and all the rest of it. It's lose-lose. It's so dumb.
1: (laughs) That's the Labor way. Lose-lose. I
0: just... They're not... They think of themselves, they, they've just got this bizarre self-image of themselves as the, the realistic grown-ups in the room, and they're just living a, like, a masochistic fantasy, where they just get beaten up again and again, and they're like, yes, but this time it will work. Well, no! Oh. It will never work! You're idiots!
1: <laughs> work. It's, it's, uh, what is it? a definition of insanity thing. I mean, another really interesting thing that come out of this announcement, this, this policy, and... To their f- credit, there is some great renewable energy stuff in there in their cl- in this general climate plan, okay. And and Katan Joshi wrote a great piece for a New Economy, which is saying this is a great renewables package bundled up in a horrible climate plan. Not doing enough about emissions, but you know, full credit. This this renewable stuff is great. They're obviously leaning hard on you know creating jobs and lowering uh, power prices and stuff. So there's the sort of material economy, which I, I think is actually admirable. That's like a decent way to to at least. Um, Place some emphasis on when you're making a climate appeal to people. I think that's good. But they are there. There was a piece by uh, Steve Hamilton. I think his name in, Who's like a you know neoliberal uh, commentator who, who teaches at George Washington University. And he's like, this is the real liberal plan. Labor's plan is fantastic because it's a market-based solution. And it's, it's you know it's fantastic, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll transition the, the um, electricity grid over to renewable energy, and then we'll sell it all off because we all know that the private sector runs these uh, infrastructure way oh. better. And the Labor Party itself is trumpeting the fact that the Chamber of Commerce and the Business Council of Australia have endorsed this plan, right? And it's ju- and I think at one point there was literally a line. <laughs> no one who works for the Chamber of
0: Commerce could be an evil man. <laughs>
1: There was literally a line in there saying something like, you know, how things will work. You know, the phasing out of the export of, of fossil fuels is something for the market to determine, right? This is Labour's position now. And so uh. it's just just completely ceding any control over our economy, any control over these massive industries which are destroying and be- heating the planet. You know, the, the entire sort of cr- crunch question of the climate debate is how much control do we actually have over, over these massive economic forces that are destroying the planet that we all live on. Labor's just seeding that and say, hey, we can do this that's going to be really, really great for business. This is good for business, everybody. Um, and I guess also emissions might come down, not anywhere near enough that we actually need, that the Climate Council tells us that we need to reach by 2030. But don't worry, business will be fine. Labor is a safe pair of hands. It's an appeal to capital in this country mm. saying we're okay. Who hate them, who, hate who them. are not
0: going to <laughs> support them. You're, you're not appealing. You're All you're doing is telling the people in the middle, the, swing, the, the swinging people that the right are correct all you are doing is because if you're if you believe that that's the way to go if you persuade people that that's the way to go then they're not going to vote for the labor party they're going to vote for the liberal party well, it's, all you're doing is advocating for them.
1: Sometimes, sometimes capital swings behind labor. Like you know, in 1983, when the hawk hawk uh, won, he was sort of selling this: he can, you know, labor party could put an end to all the industrial chaos that's going on. You know, Murdoch comes around yes. on grud right, when they think they're going to win, and it's probably like the the tides are changing. And when the coalition have literally. No climate policy whatsoever, not even like handouts for business or anything like that. There's a chance that they might start coming in.
0: Well, and when it, and when it gives them a cover.
1: Yeah, when it gives them a cover, totally. Because,
0: well, like the union thing. So, hang on. Yeah, they were willing to support Hawke, who then destroyed union, unionized labor, and then totally. what? Thirty years later, we you know wages are uh, flat, house prices and everything else goes up, and and we're we're all screwed. Oh, yeah. Thanks to... No, capital, yeah.
1: capital will back a Labor Party that has it sold itself out that is no longer a threat or is actually going to do yeah. the things that people want the Labor Party to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: you're right. Like, So I can see that Labor would do would try to have it both ways. So they're like, well, we won't do anything about regulating the coal industry. Um, we won't do anything that reigns that in, but we will throw money at other parts of industry that are in competition with the coal industry. So, yes. But, but it's again, it's not really leaving it to the market because you're still externalising the costs. The costs of, of, of the coal industry... Being to all the rest of us, Mm. you know, they privatize the profit of of flogging this stuff off, but they externalize the the costs that flow from producing profit in that way are socialized. Socialize the costs, the losses, privatize the, the profits. Yeah, it's someone told
1: me how much money public money is spent on like rehabilitating sites that are mines, or you know, when you need to to once a mine's finished and like you know fixing all that up. Not even the companies, not even Rio Tinto or whatever, is actually paying to. To fix all that stuff up, that's that's us, that's on us. But obviously, the broader, you know, environmental cost of this industry is, is pretty wild. Another thing that was just so depressing, and look, Greens, Labor, Twitter world is a very depressing place to be. And I admit that I contribute to that depressing landscape, and it's not it's not necessarily reflective of a broader political conversation or what have you. But just the number of people who are just immediately dismiss the the science. So you know, Adam Bant will tweet something like, Labor has abandoned the science on climate. And when your emissions reduction target is forty three percent, and the Climate Council tells you it's seventy five percent, or you know, I don't know, I don't know what science people want to listen to. It's you know, you can't really pick and choose with science. You you go to the credible source, Climate Council, independent, chaired by Tim Flannery, you know, been brought in, been um, underpinned by uh, lots of political science over a long long period of time.
0: Uh, lots of science, I should say, rather than political science. Not <laughs> yeah, a political science. Um, or, or the... climate. Well, that, that's the thing, because like, political science would be that you can negotiate this shit, whereas the science is like, yes. they come in, they've already figured out, this is the minimum we have to do. Like, they don't... We're, when we're talking about what the science says, we're not talking about what they recommend as a general, it would be the yes. safer bet, or what the, you know. it would be like. They, we start with, we start with the bottom line, you can't go... You need this, absolute this, to avoid catastrophic yes. change. And then we're like... Yeah, but what if? But what if we negotiated yes. with physics? What if? What if physics was willing to go? What? what hey, physics, would would you accept? Would you accept forty three percent and then yes. not destroy the planet? And physics would be like, oh, you know, you drive a hard bargain, human beings, but uh, that's fine. All right, okay, yeah, forty three percent will be enough.
1: We could settle. We could. We could meet a civil, centrist, sensible solution. That's right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. It's uh, Labour's target is not consistent with keeping warming to uh, one point five degrees, right? And so that is about editing the, the science. I'm sorry, that's just that's just how it works. No, no,
0: it's, it's it's well, it depends if they're they're saying that that it will that they think that it'll still stay under it regardless, or whether they're saying no, no, we accept the science, we're just going ah oh, fuck it, we don't care. Pretty
1: much, and people will tell, on Twitter will trade tell you, well, that's what the science says, but we need to win an election and otherwise we can't do anything. Right, so just the the actually dressing of the problem, the idea as to why we have politics to try and change the world for the better of everybody to address the problem, that's just like one consideration in the broader conversation about politics. And it's just like, you have to start there. You have to start with what needs to be done in order to fix this problem and then do the politics to make that happen. And if you don't believe that your fellow Australians, that the majority of Australians can be convinced that you can do anything about persuading their minds by making the case, by changing the conversation in any way, by... Presenting yourself in a coherent position that makes sense. If you don't believe that, then get the fuck out of politics. You shouldn't be the next government,
0: and you shouldn't be doing yeah. it. Hang on, hang on, hang on. They are professional politicians. It is not part of their skill set to persuade people on political points. Right. That is not part of being a politician. Being a politician is not about persuasion and advocacy and you know representing people in a representative democracy. That's not got Tom. I'm what kind of trickery? Sorry, everyone. Idea? They're not connected.
1: I'm a little naive, baby.
0: All right, you've got a bigger soapbox than, than, than this podcast that comes out apparently once every three months. But no, we, that's not true. We'll come out more often than that. But anyway, that has come out. Anyway, you have a soapbox. If we leave today, and, and the thing that, that your aim is to try and do, you know, to at least address, you know, we, we're several steps from, from progressing the, the debate, but perhaps step one into progressing the debate in the country would be to get the ALP to give up on this idiotic idea that it has, that if it keeps... Seeding ground to the right, telling, repeating right wing positions, using right wing language, using, doing the right wing advocacy for the right, that that will somehow earn it government. How do we like? If there's something we can do to change, to to get them to open that, you know, for the fish scales to, how are they fish scales? That's a Weird thing, but anyway, the, the metaphorical scales to fall from their eyes, so they finally go, oh yeah, even on our own, really limited and dodgy. Um, standard for whether for whether we should take this for, for this approach even on our own KPI of winning government this approach isn't working and perhaps it will never work because you can't persuade people to your side by boosting the other side
1: mm. like
0: tom how how would you how how can we get to the alp stands to get them to finally click this isn't realistic the, in the modern world the very polarized modern world that old thing where you, could, you just had to keep the media barons happy and you could skate over the line or whatever it is Whatever it is, you think, when you thought this might work, it hasn't worked for 30 years. It will not work again.
1: Uh, no idea. I've, I've Wake a, up.
0: <laughs> it's not <laughs> realistic.
1: <laughs> no idea. These people's brains work in a different way than mine
0: does. Um, You're living in a fantasy. Well, look, it's a fantasy. It, it's not going to work. It, it doesn't work. You it, keep losing. We will
1: win, barely, at the next election on this strategy and will Read that as a justification of everything they've ever argued, I'm and won't change nasty. at all. Or they will lose, in which case they may very well just blame the left. That's and uh, I wouldn't. I could absolutely yeah. see them losing. In you didn't 2022, get on board, enough. and you'll say we were too left-wing. We were just too ambitious. Forty-three percent was just <laughs> too much for the Australian people. So, <laughs> I,
0: I hey, hey 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 Albo Albo Albo, I've got a plan for you. Hang I'm, I'm one of Albo's advisors. and I'm like, we've lost the election again to the Liberals. People seem to want the Liberals. So what I've done, let me unveil our new ALP logo. Now, it's like, hold up a, a, a poster that's for the Liberal Party. So Now, if we campaign under this, then then all of their, all of their attacks will disappear. And they'll be like, that's brilliant. All right. Well, fine. Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll just, we'll, what if we all just join the Liberal Party? <laughs> huh? What
1: do, what do you I I remember talking to Joe Hildebrand for my podcast. Oh, my goodness. So, indeed. Okay. Now, he's on the Labour right. And look, you know, it was nice of him to do my podcast. But uh, the more I think about that interview, the more horrified I am and how depressed I was I think I missed that one I
0: remember your Lyle Shelton one like you've, you've spoken to some real
1: I've got them all man but he was like you know he's he's just he's like basically there is no huge difference between the two parties basically you know broadly speaking Labour will spend more on health and education but when it comes down to it both parties when in government will pretty much do this the similar kind of thing mm. now that's wrong but that also seems to be like preferable to him like he's like that's good that we don't have like ex- the extremes in in our in our uh, politics but it's not it's not just extremes it's just literally different visions i mean if you have a liberal party and a social democratic party in theory those two parties should have very very different approaches to government a different conception of how capitalism work about how you know the power should be distributed within our society you would hope that there would be competing ideologies on those two fronts Uh, It seems that Joe Hildebrand and the sensible centrists of the Labour Party and indeed the Liberal Party much prefer this idea where there's not really too much of a choice either. There's just tiny little tinkering around the edges but ultimately, the two parties are, are, are very similar on, on many many issues.
0: That's the liberal right and the la the, sorry the liberal moderates and the labour right are very similar. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the problem is that the liberal moderates don't run the liberal party. The liberal party is run by the the yeah. far right, and the liberal moderates are seen as the you know re- republicans in name name only sort of people. They're the they're the scumbags who who the, the liberals hate. So what actually happens is the ratchet. Right. The liberals ratchet it to the right. They slash public spending they give all the money away to the rich so that's not there for labor anymore and then if labor does come in they just tread water Hmm. they never push it back the other way so the ratchet's always going in one direction yeah i agree that the parties are different because the level of malice towards the poor and and uh and and determination to chuck money at the rich is much higher in the liberal party but labor just treading water that's what that's all the labor government is
1: it's so weird because I was yeah I was having a back and forth with Emma Dawson from the think tank per capita who is a member of the Labour Party is pretty is, is quite ferocious in her support for Labour Party and you know is quite dismissive of, of the Greens I would say um, as is Van Badham But why so- can I ask
0: what's her justification for that like what oh, is it is it the whole thing of like you know government but but they're not realistic enough
1: <laughs> well, she'd have a class critique of Greens that, you know, you need needs to be wedded to the Labor movement. Uh, you know, you need to be in government to make any real changes. And, you know, is occasionally on Twitter calling anybody who critiques the Labour's party on, say, JobSeeker, to be, you know, cosplay socialists. Anyway, Emma, Emma's, Emma's nice to me and she did my podcast as well. And I think she's a smart woman and you can have a conversation with her, even though, you know, there's lots of things we disagree with. Same with Van Battam as well. But it's interesting because Emma was sort of saying to me on Twitter the Greens don't have any negotiating power. If it come to a hung parliament, the Greens wouldn't back the LNP as a government, so the Labor doesn't need to give any concessions to Greens in order to form the Labor government, uh, to, form, to give their support um, in that certain instance, because, of course, they're never going to support the LNP. Whereas Van Batten was tweeting, the, the Greens would absolutely support an LNP government if they got the offer. Right, so her 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 vibe is you know they're secret tree Tories, uh, in the Greens and they'd mm. back the the um the libs if that were the case, mm. and for years they've been saying that Labour and Liberal are just the same on everything. Have they been lying to us? And it's like, well, no, Greens don't say that they're exactly the same, but La- the the Greens consistently point out the uh the issues or the things in which there is bipartisan agreement that's a real problem on political donations <laughs> like accepting political donations from massive from corporations like there is bipartisan agreement on that tax cuts for the rich there's bipartisan support on that briefly torturing, torturing refugees, refugees There's yeah. bipartisan support on that so of course the greens are going to say you know this for all this talk about how much political conflict there is there's an extraordinary amount of agreement between these two parties and the fact that we have we are limited to these two parties in our system um, what, what we ultimately have a two-party system in this country is is um, corrosive to democracy we have to have, we have to offer an alternative to that and there's no way for the greens to exist without doing that. like yeah you know, greens cut a lot of flack for criticizing the labor climate policy. It's like well what do, what do you want how, how do you make that better? How do you not point out the, the, just the blatant truth in front of everyone's eyes that this isn't good enough and that if you're serious about climate action as labor argues they are, you can't be accepting these political donations from gas companies and you can't be delivering such shitty, shitty targets.
0: Yeah. I, I, they they try to define out the Greens. So they they, well, they try to define out the left, basically. you may The left may only advocate within the parameters that we are willing to cede, which is nothing. Yes, and where is left-wing? We are the left-wing of the possible,
1: is the, is the, yes. the Labour left's position. And the resentment towards the Greens for suggesting that they might be more left-wing or might be fighting for something they believe in outside of the Labour vision for what's politically possible in the Overton window, uh, to them is a, is a real slap in the face.
0: Well, with the refugee thing, for example. So any of the people in the ALP who have you know, some level of basic humanity, you can recognise that what Australia does to refugees is monstrous and inhumane and, and a breach of the conventions that we signed up to after the Second World War and crimes against humanity. And frankly, outrageous crimes that are not okay suddenly just because we've now been doing them for a decade or two mm. decades. They're still like I, this is not a thing I'm ever going to accept, and no decent human being ever should. Like this, this is not a a dead issue just because the ALP has rolled over and advocates the liberal position on it. Yeah, and I imagine that there are I know that there are people in the ALP who recognise that, who are aware that what they're doing is wrong, and they but because of the way that that party works, they can't do that. They can't say that out loud. They can't advocate, and they are if they are in Parliament, they're constrained to vote with the ALP on it. Um, Again, if they have consciences, they're constrained to vote against their consciences. So I understand the Mm. deep level of resentment that they would have against politicians who are in there to advocate for the positions that they believe that that are ethical and are not selling out every time they go to do a vote on the issue. I can understand feeling extreme resentment about that. And if the basis on which you've decided to sell out is this fantasy that you're at least in government, you're at least doing something when you, you know enact the same policies that brutalise refugees as the, as the Libs, mm. you're at least you know, I think you're okay on Medivac. You found a slight sliver of difference. Yeah. So there you are, you're making it better. But you're not! Because you're helping the Liberals get away with it! And right. it keep happening forever! But anyway, I understand the resentment. It's just human nature, like people who've sold out will resent the people who haven't. Yeah. It ex- also explains how horrific Peter Garrett was when he sold out and went and joined the ALP. Like I feel like they almost get worse because they know that they know what they're doing is wrong, and they really hate the people who have who have stuck to their guns when they gave up.
1: Mm. I mean, Labour's explicitly you know punching left with this stuff too. He's saying uh, Albanese is saying we don't we want renewal, not a revolution. Is, is seems to be an uh, uh, thing they're running on, and you know they regularly do use the Greens as like the Greens are ridiculous. We're sensible and we're here, hmm. uh, whereas the Greens are doing the very. Um, very vanilla thing of just listening to the signs that the... Again, the Climate Council has come out and said that this is what we need, or the IPCC. But anyway, there you
0: go. I have to so. say, I am very glad that although the, although the right have the benefit of all the money from cap, you know, all the, all the vast money that that's behind the status quo, uh, and the money that controls the commercial media, uh, the fact that the ABC is completely cowed and beaten, and the fact that you know all the print media is that you, you know you do, you know what, ordinary people on medium incomes uh, don't don't. Own print, don't own newspapers. Mm. It's weird that. Anyway, the fact that yes, the right have all the power and the influence and the and and so forth, um, but at least here on the left, we have Twitter. Oh, yes, which is why it has to be shut down. <laughs> Do you see the the, the so the anti trolling stuff being uh, that like anybody who criticises Peter Dutton uh, or so everybody says something mean on Twitter, like an ordinary person punching up. They need to be squashed. Whistleblowers—they shouldn't have any rights. They should be squashed. Um, you know. I, yes, it is a steam train. Um, yeah, oh my darling, look at your steam train. Do you want to be? Do you want to be part of this horrific podcast? Anyway, yes, it is. I, I do love. I do love the viciousness that the, that the Morrison government has about Twitter. Like the one, the one place where lefties actually seem to be able to congregate with each other.
1: I'd be interested in what you think. I'm, I'm very suspicious of um, scare campaigns. Scare campaigns seem to be willed at regularly by the ALP to justify them being anything. If we're in any way left-wing, they'll run a scare campaign. But, you know, you did immediately see Morrison pivot to say that in order for Labour to legislate this target, they're going to have to do a deal with the Greens, 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 Greens. Emma Dawson would argue that for um, centrist or centre-right voters in marginal electorates, the idea of Labour working with the Greens is as scary as... Um, the Greens saying that the government's going to work with Barnaby Joyce. Um, what do you make of all that?
0: Well, I, you'll notice that the government working with Barnaby Joyce thing doesn't actually successfully stop people voting for the LNP mm. because the the LNP doesn't go, oh shit, if we work with Barnaby Joyce, people will say we work with Barnaby Joyce. The LNP doesn't stand up and say we won't do a deal with Barnaby Joyce. They just do do it, and if somebody attacks them for it, they say, well, I mean, they defend it. They say, well, that's fine. He's a mem- local member. He represents his people. They're not ashamed of it. Being ashamed is what gives your political <laughs> opponents power. The ALP doing this helps. It doesn't help the ALP because the people who are worried about that still will be worried about it. The only thing that would help them is going, so what? The Greens aren't yes. us, but we will negotiate with any with anyone in yes. relation we to... We will deal with a
1: parliament that the, the Australian people elect. We will and that's do his. that. Yes. Right. It just gets and- rid
0: of it. In the same, like, how much further can the LNP take it? Like, they'll work with One Nation, like, but they don't. They don't. Nobody stands up and demands that the LNP rule out working with One Nation.
1: And it's like we work we will not work with the Greens. You work with the Greens in twenty ten and you went and, and what, that was chaos, or those three years with the Gillard government was just insane, or did you get a lot of legislation done that you're proud of and like a record that you want to run on? Oh the second one. And all they're
0: doing is telling people that it was. They're saying yes. even though they're ignoring their record and they're actually effectively saying to people, that was chaos and we won't do it again. You're you're doing propaganda for your opponents. Just don't. Just say we'll deal with the parliament we have. Yes, that's our policy. Yeah, we'll deal with the parliament we have. As exactly was as would Scott Morrison. Yes, he would deal with the parliament that he has. Yes, any political, any grown up, like appeal to the dickheads you're trying to appeal to, the centre voters. Any grown up government deals with the the, the, the parliament make that they have, and it's clear what our values are and what we'll be negotiating for. It's not that hard.
1: Tony Abbott called Adam Band the day after the 2010 election. He fucking called Adam Band. He's yeah. Adam, Adam just tells this story a lot. He's like, he had a message on his phone from Tony Abbott saying, oh, yeah, Adam, I've always thought of myself as an environmentalist, a bit of a conservationist. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the inability to call that out is just, it's just remarkable.
0: I, okay, so even if I can't get the ALP to give up on this, you know, We've got to we've got to sell out to be to get into the government thing, yeah okay fine maybe that's too hard to get them to understand the thing that keeps losing will keep losing, okay Tom Tom let's let's put our, our combined mighty media empire together <laughs> this podcast and you know the stuff that you do, um, <laughs> sorry, I, I, you know I'm uh, you know hugs I take it. I don't have. I don't have. You get, you get that I'm the, I'm the butt of that joke, right? Yes. Everybody, everybody gets that I'm the butt of that joke. Get it's out, you weirdo. Good, good, good. Anyway, I just. I don't. I, I, I've been with children for a lot of a lot of time, and, and I've lost the ability to tell whether something. don't get right.
1: sarcastic or irony. Yeah, fair enough.
0: <laughs> no. Anyway, so if we could combine them together, this. You know what? Let's let's lower our our ambitions. Let's let's take a leaf out of the, the ALP stands. We'll lower our ambitions. Our ambition is to try and do what we can to get the ALP stands to realise that bashing the left helps the libs. Doesn't help you. Mm. It doesn't help you differentiate yourself. You don't need to do that. You can compete at the election or whatever, but running the lines that the Greens are extremist loonies and we would never work with them only helps your opponents. Mm. It makes anything that you want to do progressive impossible, but it also means that... If it's going to be a compete competition of who can be furthest away from those deranged loonies, the Libs are always going to be further away from the Greens. Mm. You're never going to win that fight. So stop letting them portray them as deranged loonies. Yeah, They're not deranged loonies. You know they're not deranged loonies. It's a stupid thing for you to be doing. But, yeah, let's combine our efforts to try and get the ALP right to grasp the idea that demeaning progressives only helps conservatives. Mm.
1: Well, can that we do would that? be to increase the Greens vote, surely. Like, I mean... Yeah the argument for the greens is I mean first of all thanks to preferential voting you know get which people still struggle to sometimes to get on board with or it seems that some people seem to ignore the existence of that particular
0: system. But Hello we- Tom. I know I know you're that they're standing handing out stuff for the Greens. I'm not voting for you but I will give you my second preference after the ALP. And that's good too, isn't that's it? Good. I mean, have to have the ALP because they're the big big party, but I'm going to give you a second preference. I
1: live in the inner west of Melbourne in one of the most the safest labour seats in the entire country, but don't worry, you're number two. Thanks
0: for your second preference. Because <laughs> I don't want
1: to I don't want to re elect the liberal government. What are you talking about? Yeah so you know, I don't know some way to to figure that out would be great, but generally speaking, you know, the, the the Greens would say unless you show Labor that there is a cost to punching left, abandoning the left by switching your vote from Labor to Greens, they're never going to get that message. You increase that that primary vote. You you you. I mean, I, I can't remember the time that Labor's tried to win back Green voters. They prefer to just bash the Greens Greens Party generally. You know, that's the only strategy I can I can get. And, yeah. You know, Max Chandler Mather, who's a really great Greens candidate for the seat of Griffith, Terry Butler's seat that's running there, you know, he's he's a great guy doing some amazing organizing and really getting a lot of energy into his campaign in Brisbane. And there's there's a real chance that that they could take that seat out. You know, he said to me, Labor's Labour, right? It's not going anywhere. It's a massive political institution that's that's there, and the people who are invested in the Labour Party will keep working on the Labour Party. I can't see myself joining the Labour Party to make it better or what have you. So all we all we can do is focus on what you believe in and what you're passionate about. For him, that is the Greens. For me, that's the Greens. You make the Greens better. You spread the Greens message. You connect with more. You put more roots in the community. You become more active as a party and you grow the Greens with a vision of it as a mass party for working people in the future yeah. that, that provides a real better alternative to the Australian Labour Party. That to me seems to be the only way that you're ever... You're both going to be able to engage in politics in a way that doesn't make you want to kill yourself and, you know, sends a message and, and makes a real political alternative. You've got, you've got to make a political cost to the ALP for shifting to the right.
0: Literally, the only way within the system of getting it to, of doing something progressive is, is voting for the Greens and helping the Greens build. Yep. And, and they're the only way that, the within the system, the ALP could be brought to do progressive things. The only historical basis for the, the ALP doing that is when they're forced to by the Greens. Mm. So... Yeah, if, if like when those the people in the ALP who are like, you can't do that within the system. You can only go with us. You've got to cop what you are offering, and you can never have anything else. Mm. What they're effectively saying is, oh well, I guess you'll just have to go outside the system. So when Albo's like, no, I want want um what was it Re- renewal instead of revolution, the Greens are offering renewal within the system. The only alternative is actual revolution. The Greens aren't doing the actual revolution. No. Actual revolution would be, fuck this system that, you know, turns 10% of votes into less than one out of 150 seats. <laughs> fuck this system that, that constantly doesn't give the, 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 this huge proportion of Australians who are progressive mm. any, sa- any voice and tries to d- drown out our voice and squash our voice whenever we try to raise it. You know, if you squash it too much, if, if you won't let the Greens do it through within parliament... Well, the alternatives are, are the revolution ones. Mm. They're they're the they're the rough ones. Mm. We're all trying to do it without revolution. Don't don't call what the Greens are doing the revolution. That's not the revolution. That's trying to work within the system that you say that we should work within. Yeah, that's that's what they're doing. Mm. Anyway, talking of, I, I'm actually going to skip over the inheritance thing because it's just too depressing. <laughs> because the kids are sitting here right now, and my son is watching. The the, the toot noises are not him being sad and going Ooh, ooh That's not him being horrified and something scary <laughs> happening. He's not going Ooh, ooh He's going. I'm a train. Because there's there's Diamond Valley trains on on YouTube in the background silently. So he's doing them because he can't hear the train noises, he's doing them for us on the podcast. I mean, you can't see the train pictures, so I don't know that it's a huge advantage for anybody listening to the podcast. But you know, I'm getting both, and it's good for me. And and then Evie's. Uh, People it.
1: believe you, Jeremy. They know you're not lying about your your child watching trains.
0: No, it's actually a gimmick. i actually I've actually got a bunch of little sound. I've got speakers set up around to make it sound like I, I have a family and and and, a, and a, you know an actual actual life. When in actual fact, you I'm just sick freak. I'm sitting <laughs> sitting in a shed with no. no anyway. What was I saying before that got weird? Oh, yes. So anyway, Bluey. Apparently a Bluey episode has, has hit, the, hit the mainstream news sites because it's, it's about because they, they've figured out that it's a way that they can do some culture war stuff. So there's a recent Bluey episode where um, they're playing Pass the Parcel and uh, one of the dads is, is quite horrified at the, the new hippie way of doing Pass the Parcel where all the children get each layer they go through, there's a present in it. Um, he's like, oh, we're raising a nation of squibs. Squibs. It should just be one winner at the end of it. And the the bluey episode is actually reasonably, reasonably reactionary because by the point the the, the story of it uh, by the end of it the children all want to do it by Lucky's dad's rules because it's more exciting they want the one where where there's one winner and you know ten losers right and so there's this you know there's now this oh, Australian parents arguing about, about about whether that's all right or not and um, and 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 whether. And so, of course, that you know, gives the, the, you know, the right-wing talking heads a thing of being like, yeah, see, you know, we, we're, losing, we're losing the competition. And it, and it just seems to me to be a fairly good example of how we, how we actually want to indoctrinate kids to accept um, ludicrous unfairness. They're like, look, you know, uh, the Channel 7 one is like, we've got a psychologist here who can talk about how children can't. They need to understand that you can't all be winners. But that's <laughs> not what that is. That's one winner and ten losers, and yeah. the ten losers are locked in. That's a system where you know you can't all achieve. It doesn't matter how hard you work to win. That's one person's going to fluke out, and everybody else gets nothing.
1: Yes, this this is not this is even further than like participation trophies, right? There's no individual effort here. <laughs> Pass no. the parcel is entirely chance right it's just like (laughs) when the music stops and then whether you're the lucky one who gets the present or not so there's not even an individual reward for effort it's just that you're you're the dickhead who's there who opens the parcel at the right time
0: (laughs) so we want to make sure that our children are okay with that and and rationalize losing and being in the locked in proportion of people who will definitely lose and we work with the maybe it could be you that wins one day and let's just lock in that right-wing thought that he's basically undercuts the entire right-wing pitch to the poor Yes, and, and, and the way that the poor are constantly punched in the face by right-wing economics with the, oh, well, you know, we believe in you and you can do it one day and we'll just work very hard at trying to make sure that you don't realise how rigged the system is against you. You know when people are like, yeah, but, but he made good choices. He had good choices.
1: Yeah, good choices to make, yes.
0: Yeah, a lot of people it, don't have those choices in the first place.
1: And presumably in the version of the game where every kid gets a prize, the version they want is when what all those prizes are just at the center of the parcel or something or there's enough or you spend the same amount of money on the one prize, which means that that one winner would get mm. shitloads of stuff. Say it's like a massive bag of lollies. Yeah, I mean, surely you know. the thing would be that person would win the bag of lollies and then share it because you have enough lollies for everybody to enjoy. It. No, that's communism.
0: No, they get it all to themselves. <laughs> it's it's interesting, but it just it just struck me as it's really interesting like how we want us how how we as a culture try to sell. The economic system that massively benefits the rich and pretends that, that, that you know, everybody's got a shot at it and yeah. its fair. It would be very unfair and, you know, it would make us a nation of squibs if we try to share that around and, and more, more equitably no, no, Obviously, pass the parcel actually isn't chance because it's chance as far as the kids are concerned But obviously the grown-up who's pressing the music is well aware where the parcel <laughs> is And there's a reason why all the kids get it because you stop it for each of the kids so they all get something
1: Yes because they're kids. They're just little kids. And they deserve nice things, you fucking psychopaths. <laughs> they don't need to be trained for the horrors of the brutal market economy while they're playing. They're at a
0: five-year-old birthday party. Well, I, I, I just want to say, like, I, it really does seem to me, like, you constantly see it and you, you you know all the things you see on YouTube of, like, oh, here's a... a, a, a hardware store in America that, that there's a child there that couldn't, that was disabled and couldn't get the supports and they helped her out and here's this good luck story and here's another one where people put together to, to um, help somebody get, I don't know, go and see a doctor and here's another one where it came up yesterday that like a, a Royal Navy in the Britain, he won his bravery medals and he sold them so his children could have opportunities and you're like... These are not success stories, these are all stories of your system being fucked. Like <laughs> the horrible <it's>, stories, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like the, it's basically like if you if you're like, we've got a crocodile pit outside of Bunnings and we've thrown a whole lot of people in it, but we're going to reach down with a Bunnings ladder and get one of the people out of the crocodile pit. Yeah, well, that... like, there shouldn't be a crocodile pit! Yes. And it's not okay that there's a crocodile pit just because you put in a ladder and somebody was able to scramble over somebody else and kick them back into the crocodile pit and get out of the crocodile pit, that doesn't mean that the people who are left in the crocodile pit deserve to be in the Fucking crocodile pit.
1: This is why I, I've been thinking about this. You know, the whole uh, we don't need a quality of outcome. We need a quality of opportunity in our society, right? Not a quality of outcome. That's communism. Everyone living the same life. But I'm like, well, when it comes to say housing, I reckon we probably do want a quality of outcome in that every single person has housing. I think we want a quality of outcome of like everyone receiving medical care. Like there are some things where it's like, yes, everyone should should have this. Um. Reg- regardless, not the opportunity to have a house, not the opportunity to access to access affordable healthcare, no free healthcare for being a human being, being alive in a rich country which has the resources to provide
0: that. Well, they're effectively the same thing because if you had equality of opportunity to those things, you would get equality of outcomes because. Like, everybody would have a house. If you have, if everybody has an opportunity to house, then we will have a house. Yes. Like, that distinction is a meaningless one because th- what they're really saying is that, that they reckon that everybody has a quality... They're lying and saying people have a quality of opportunity now. But the fact that there isn't a quality of outcome on such basic things demonstrates that, no, there isn't even a quality of opportunity. Mm. Like, if... <laughs> there's not like, if you had a quality of... Like, what, what, what is the system... What, what are they proposing be in place whereby people do have that equal opportunity for a house? Because it's certainly not the status quo. <laughs> I'm curious about their plan to give everybody the equal opportunity of having housing, because it well, sounds awfully like they say if, like,
1: you do. Everyone does have the opportunity to have a house. You just need to move to the remote regional Queensland and save for ten years for a de- for a deposit.
0: That's not the equal opportunity. <laughs> yeah, look, if you can't save for twenty years to get a deposit on a small shack on fire in a swamp, yeah, riddled with asbestos that's literally on fire. Well, you don't want to be in a swamp that's on fire.
1: Well, it's nowhere near jobs or anything. Oh, well, you
0: anyway. want to save for less than twenty years? Fuck off. Like no. I, I, it just it just me the, the, big, the biggest difference I would say um, other than the other times I've said the biggest difference <laughs> is something else. but the biggest <laughs> difference between lefties and righties to me seems to be that righties the mindset is if you can stand on somebody to get yourself out of the hole, then it's possible to get out of the hole mm. and, and therefore the person who you stood on to get out of the hole fucking deserves it. But the bottom line is you' the system where you're not in the hole, Depends on the people you stood on to get out of that hole, mm. and and the whole thing with with when they when they look at um, unemployment, they're like, well, this person found a job. They, like, if you've got you know ten thousand people vying for one job and one person gets it, they're like, well, you should have been that one person. You're like, works. literally nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine people <laughs> can't have that job. Yeah. Like, you, even if they, you switch around who that person is, you've locked in that one that, that, that a huge number of people are screwed, and you're like, well, if you know. It, if there's some way for them to scramble over one of the, one each other, then the people who don't... It's, it's musical chairs economics. That's what I call it. I've forgotten. It. It's so long since I've done the podcast. <laughs> musical chairs economics. The basic thing is, like, we don't have enough chairs for everyone, but it's your fucking fault if you're one of the people who miss out so screw everybody else they can be thrown to the crocodiles. <laughs> like, you've set up a system where there are not enough chairs. Why should anybody be eaten by crocodiles? It's a bad system.
1: Hopefully, the social democratic centre-left Australian Labor Party would... Um have something to say about that and would say that tax cuts to the rich is bad and that we should have patent bargaining and not just reject the Australian Council of Trade Unions argument that, you know, in order to actually get wages going and get some worker strength and industrial strength back there, we need to completely overhaul the Fair Work Act, which was introduced by the Labour Party to give people more work so that they can address the inherent inequalities built into, uh, into the capitalist system.
0: I don't know. I do love getting because we we, one of the people we rented from when we were in Melbourne was actually not even a real estate agent. It was like a a property investment mob that that had this house up for for rent. Um, And as a result of that, I still get emails from them about as if I was a potential property investor. (laughs) Um, And they were boasting the other day about how they're worried about inflation and they're like, no, no, don't worry. There's not really going to be inflation other than house prices. Obviously, house prices will continue to inflate, but there's not going to be the kind of inflation that you know helps the poor by like raising weight so it's actually gonna be fine because um the the trade unionism is really low uh workers workers uh the, the number of jobs available you know the number of jobs available has been reduced through things like automation so um essentially there's there's a decent labor pool they don't have any rights um they're not gonna be able to push up uh, inflation in terms of wages and uh that's the main driver of inflation they so, said this
1: in <laughs> the fine. email
0: yeah, it's all great. It's great news. Don't worry about it. The poor work, the people who are you know earning, the, whose income comes from labour, yes. they're not getting ahead. It's only you guys who get whose income is owning shit and appreciating in value, yeah. in price during, in a broken system. You guys who don't pay, who pay a fucking negligible tax on that shit, mm. and get to write. Yeah, you, know, you guys will be fine. Mm. It's only the poor plebs who actually produce value who will be screwed. And continue to be screwed indefinitely. Like they're boasting about how wages will continue to be flat. God damn. That's not a bug. It's a feature yeah. of the system for them. Anyway, Tom, I know you're a busy man, and it's probably there's probably a good point to, to end the podcast. Have you got any things you would like to plug, Tom?
1: Oh gee whiz, yes. I have a, uh, I have this new podcast. It's called Serious Danger. It's myself and Emerald Moon, my dear friend and comrade, who's a former Greens candidate and Green staffer in Queensland. Um, and we are talking about the Greens, we're, we're an independent podcast, we are not a podcast of the party, and we are not party spokespeople, we've been told many times to make that very clear, but we are you know, Greens members who want the party and the movement to get bigger, and so every week we're talking about what the party's doing, what's happening in Australian politics, why the Labour Party sucks... <laughs> We're trying to not be just a Labour bashing podcast We want to really understand and explain where we're coming from Hang on, hang on If the the
0: Labour Party chose not to suck for a moment You'd be happy to champion Well
1: certainly And we'll give them credit where it's due Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, this week's guest is Adam Bant, the leader It's our third episode And I'd love people to subscribe We're on YouTube and SoundCloud and Spotify And there's a Patreon and stuff And yeah, we just really want it to be a cool place To take the green seriously Which you don't really get in Australian mainstream media to really pick up why, you know, what we think about the party and the policies and to be active. You know, I like my other podcast, but it wasn't sort of active enough. It was kind of just saying, oh, everything's fucked whereas this is a little bit more like this is where you can direct your energies this is some cool stuff that's going on let's let's try and do that together so that's fantastic uh yeah seriousdangerpod.com is the place to go
0: fantastic all right um and i think you're also going to be in wangarata tomorrow saturday the 11th which may or may not be before i actually get this edited and uploaded but if, you, if it is and you you're one of the you know thousands of people in wangarata who listen to this podcast that i have been doing anyway yeah it, it, tom will be here
1: it's at the winery. It's a gig called Grapes of Mirth. Tudor Flusi's on the lineup. It's yeah, it's they're, they're amazing gigs. You get to drink wine in the sun and listen to jokes. Um, but yeah, so this comes out in time and uh, people can get along. You know, the tickets are a decent price, I would say, because of the whole sort of package and access that you get. But um, yeah, it's not it's maybe not one for the proletariat. It's probably a champagne socialist kind of event. Maybe <laughs> but, maybe uh, we shouldn't maybe we shouldn't end
0: with that one then. Um, Back but- <laughs> to the... <laughs> they're great gigs.
1: They're fun gigs. There are some, you know, rich lefties out there. Well, uh, this is the thing. This... jerry has got a free ticket, so...
0: <laughs> That's right. I, I'm one of the poor lefties who can go, who's only going on that basis. I, I want to say one... I would. This, we're ending the podcast, so the music's playing and I should shut up. But one thing I will say about that is the, the, the attack on anybody who's... On, on, if the, the attack of, like, hang on, that person's a lefty, but they're wealthy. Look, lefties aren't advocating for people to be wealthy, but if people are wealthy... I'd prefer that they be lefties than advocating for their own self-interest. i prefer they were advocating against their self-interest. Sure. Rich people, please vote lefty against your self-interest. That's great. I endorse it. I'm not <laughs> going to attack you for that. Anyway. Um, I'm a
1: greedy, selfish, right-wing rich guy, but at least I'm consistent and not a hypocrite. Yeah. I'm, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There is nothing... Pre- anyway, thank you, everybody, for coming back to the podcast. Uh, as you can hear, is, it appears time for the podcast to end. He has got the iPad, <laughs> darling. But, but this is all being recorded, so can you help me? you no Vinny, we can share the iPad. Alright, thank you for coming back to the podcast. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for how the podcast keeps going, because even when I'm not recording an episode we still need to keep hosting happening as so, well. But I will hopefully hope record more episodes more regularly. Um if you're if you're okay with the um, the, the, the additions in the background. Which hopefully are, because they're lovely additions. They, they, they're, they're lovely additions. Anyway, thank you to Alex on for the artwork and Robin Gray for the music. Thank you to everybody for, for coming back and we will see you all soon. And thank you, Tom, for coming back. Bye. Thanks, Jeremy.
1: Bye, everyone.